Hello and welcome to Dragon Bites, the paediatric podcast aimed at paediatric trainees or anyone interested in child health. I'm Asim, one of the paediatric trainees here in Wales and one of the presenters for Dragon Bites. This is the first week that a whole bunch of new trainees have started working in paediatrics and we're really happy to have you with us. We thought it would be very useful to get out some advice on how to use the Royal College's e-portfolio system, Kaizen. This week, Stacey Harris, one of the presenters of Dragon Bites, is joined by Laura Kelly, Regional Trainee Representative for West Midlands, who, after starting a number of e-portfolio supportive measures locally, has been dubbed by her colleagues in the West Midlands as the Kaizen Queen. She's going to guide us through getting the most out of our e-portfolio and how to use it to make it clear to the ARCP panels just how fantastic you are. Now this recording was quite a long chat, so we split it into two halves. This is the first half this week, and we'll release the second half for you later. So if you're new to Kaizen, or just looking for some helpful tips and tricks, Laura has the answers for you. Let's get started. Okay. Uh, Hi, Uh, I'm joined by Laura Kelly today um, and she's kindly um, agreed to talk to us a little bit about Kaizen. Um, So uh, Laura, I was wondering if you might be able to tell us a little bit about yourself. Of course. So um, my name's Laura Kelly um, and I'm a paediatric registrar in the West Midlands. Um, I'm shortly returning to training after a year out of programme. I've been working as a clinical fellow for Health Education England in the West Midlands as part of their professional support and wellbeing team. So I'll be going back in September um, as an ST5 and working in general paediatrics. Oh brilliant, it's so nice getting to know each other Um, and uh, I didn't realise that about you Laura. Um, So I understand that you've become a little bit of a master of the e-portfolio, how did that happen? Well, I mean, I wouldn't quite say I'm a master of the portfolio, although my colleagues do like to tease me that I am the Kaizen Queen, and that's Queen spelled K-W-E-E-N, because we do like our Kaizen alliteration. Um, (laughs) However, I suppose I probably do have more of an interest than most in e-portfolio. I've been the RCPH trainee representative for the West Midlands for the last three years, and so a big part of that role is representing trainees' views around e-portfolio, um, and it's something that um, you know if you were if you were a, um, a fly on the wall in our sort of committee meetings, you'd know it's something I'm very sort of vocal about. Um, and um, I think you know what with the progress curriculum coming in, um, there's been lots of sort of change and sort of um, things to kind of work around. Um, so. I've done a lot of work with the college team most recently, sort of around things like how different training levels access the curriculum. Um, currently helping to kind of rewrite and restructure the illustrations because we've got the new shape of training program coming in. Um, so there's all, lots of things going going on in the committee, and we do have like an e-portfolio rep, the wonderful Emma Dyer, who's um, joined us quite recently and leads on a lot of that work. But all the training representatives kind of We'll, we'll sort of say that e-portfolio and queries around e-portfolio is sort of a big part um, of kind of what they do. Um, so like that's kind of one aspect to why I'm interested in 
e-portfolio, I guess the other aspect has been sort of within kind of our patch of like the West Midlands. Um, I think um, in our kind of like local training committee, we've become sort of more aware of perhaps the challenges that e-portfolio poses for anyone that's new to paediatrics, but particularly to those who are um, new to the UK, new to the NHS, who maybe never had to use an e-portfolio um, so in the way that we use it before. Um, and during my kind of out of programme year, I've done a lot of work looking at how we support um, international medical graduates across all specialties in the West Midlands. But obviously paediatrics is, you know, where my heart lies. I'm very aware that like in the West Midlands, nearly sort of one in four of our trainees would have qualified overseas. So I think ensuring that all trainees know how their e-portfolio works is super important. And that's kind of where I've got a bit of passion about it. But I think it's really important for those people for whom it may not just be a new type of e-portfolio, but it's like using e-portfolio could be just a completely new thing and you've got to kind of hit the ground running. So I guess not really a master of the portfolio, um, but definitely someone that's quite passionate because it's so important to our training. Um, and I guess, you know, the nerd in me likes to think that having an interest in portfolio is like being a spy. Everyone knows when it doesn't go right and the spies haven't done their jobs and a huge catastrophe happens. No one knows when the spies behind the scenes, it's all going smoothly. And I kind of wanted to be a spy when I was younger, so I guess this is me kind of living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's amazing. I love your uh, your name, Kazen Queen. <laughs> so going on Twitter later. <laughs> Affiliate. Um uh, uh, that's so lovely to sit here how passionate you are and um uh you've you've inspired me a little bit because um that's something that Atom and I have been thinking about how to support um trainees that um have um, come from abroad on off you know and, and the system is is very new to them and I think yeah this is often one of the things isn't it and this is why we were um wanting to do the reflections podcast as you know as kind of um trying to help people because it does take a lot you know I still feel like quite uh not that great at e-portfolio um and I've been doing it for years now you know and it I don't know I think some people take to it some people like I just I've always not particularly found it particularly easy to um to to use to my benefit I think but yeah that's great to hear so um um I've heard that you run a Kaysen cafe um I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about what it is absolutely so um Kaysen cafe again cafe spelled with a k um if there's one problem with this podcast you can't see the wonderful alliterations that I create <laughs> they're amazing alliterations <laughs> so um, Guys and Cafe kind of evolved from uh, something that I um, had done as part of the um, have this sort of training led induction to paediatric training in the West Midlands called Welcome to Paediatrics um, and that's going to be going into its third year this year um, and sort of from the, the sort of very first one um, kind of the training leading on the event was like, will you, in your sort of RCPCH rep role, come and give us a talk about Kaizen, ePortfolio, um, ARCPs, and um, to all the new kind of ST1s. And I was like, you know, absolutely, of course, this is sort of something I'm interested in, I'll come and talk about this. 
Um, and I think, you know, when you're doing a trainee induction and you're up against, you know, people doing icebreakers, talking about exciting opportunities, talking about Kaizen and ARCPs was kind of, I guess, the shipping forecast of trainee topics. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, I mean, I didn't have high hopes that this was going to be um, sort of high on people's sort of agenda, but actually, um, maybe it's um, my slightly over-the-top obsession with things and alliteration. And I managed to get these new ST bombs kind of laughing and asking lots of questions about Kaiser. And I thought maybe actually creating this relaxed environment where people sort of feel it's okay to kind of ask what might they might think is a silly question. Maybe actually this is what's really needed because um, lots of people commented that it was a really useful part of the sort of induction for them. So I had this kind of idea germinating um, and then at the start of this year I thought right now's the time um, let's sort of um, create um, some kind of um, meeting session where people can come along find out a little bit about what they should be doing with their e-portfolio how they should be preparing for ARCPs um, and kind of have a sort of Q&A discussion and sort of thing and that was how kind of Kaiser Cafe was born. Um, now, originally it was planned as kind of in-person sessions and then COVID came along and cut short my planned run of events, um, but we were able to hold the first one and I was really sort of surprised, um, I'd sort of specifically asked for a very small room because I was like, not many people will come, I'm sure, and it was it was full, it was packed, um, and um, you know, and it was all those things I ended up running over about like sort of an hour with this queue of trainees at the end just still with more questions to ask and I thought there's clearly an appetite here for people wanting to kind of have a safe space to sort of ask what they should be doing um, and I'd even use like an online booking system so trainees could ask questions when they booked um, so then I could kind of make sure that those were answered it even if they didn't want to sort of ask them in front of the, the room um, and so it got really great feedback um, and so during COVID um, I've sort of tried to kind of um, keep on with, with things but obviously I can't do things in the face-to-face -face, which you know reduces the amount of cake but I encourage people to eat cake um, <laughs> at the Kaizen Cafe wherever they may be um, and so I've done like a COVID edition of Kaizen Cafe and We've got a virtual transition to Registrar Day, and I'm going to do a Kaizen Cafe about some specific um, Kaizen considerations um, when you're becoming a registrar. <laughs> that's right, with it, yeah, K as well, yeah. Um, and then sort of writing about Kaizen Cafe in Milestones magazine, and here doing this podcast. And then the plan is that um, sort of HE in our, uh, in our region are setting up kind of like a HE um, sort of Zoom account. Um, sort of thing, um, and then hopefully um, in autumn I can kind of restart Kaizen Cafe in sort of virtual format. And if anything, you know, it, that's going to I think really help because actually anyone can come along. You can use lots of like anonymous Q and A apps. So I actually think you know it's only going to get bigger and better. So that was kind of how it all happened and evolved. Uh, Laura, it's an absolutely fantastic idea and it's lovely to hear how your, you know, little idea is growing and growing and growing. I, I love that sort of thing. <laughs> um, so um, what, do you, what do you actually do in the sessions? What do you go through? 
so um how i kind of planned planned it out so um and i think having done that first one and done some few things it sort of helped me kind of finesse the sort of the plan of how it will work so how i initially started it it's kind of had like 15 to 20 minutes of almost like an intro like so that essentially everyone who was there whether they were sort of fairly new st1 or we even had like st7s st8s there um they kind of have like a base like level of like what is progress what should you be tagging to how does Kaizen work how do you find out what you need to be completing on the e-portfolio and then how do you sort of prepare for your ARCP so kind of and a little bit about like useful resources so it's like 15 20 minutes is almost just like signposting not necessarily going through in depth and then kind of opening up to for sort of questions and I liked that in the room because actually it became less about me answering all the questions and actually because you had a mix of sort of more junior trainees, more senior trainees, a lot of the senior trainees were chipping in and going, oh yeah, actually, um, Laura's right, um, it is that, I've done this and that worked for me, or you'd have someone be like, oh yeah, you know, that's a really good question actually, I used to think this, but then I found out this, and so it's almost in a way you're not just using what I know, um, but also getting people kind of learning off each other as well, about how they and sort of hints, tips, tricks um, on how to kind of make the most out of Kaizen. So that was, I think, the idea for me, that it wasn't just one person, like me giving a lecture, but more of a kind of crowdsourced support. Um, and also so people didn't feel alone, like they were asking this question, um, and actually other people say, oh my gosh, thank you for asking that question. I'm the exact same. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, that sounds great. Um, because yeah, of course, but people are gonna have found different ways to do different things, aren't they? And yeah, and I, I bet you've learned loads just from hearing what other people do as well. I really want to be part of. I want. I want to come to one of these cases. <laughs> I, need, I need all the help I can get. <laughs> Um, so, you, uh, so I was wondering, you know, in the Kaysen Cafe, uh, what what do you usually get asked most about? What's so, the topic? So, um, so thinking not just about um, sort of Kaysen Cafe, but also thinking about, oh, um, in the West Midlands, we have like a trainee committee sort of email. And so trainees, um, we've always encouraged them since we set up our committee about sort of three years ago to email us with queries and um, so we can kind of find out. So that probably is also another way that, Kaizen Cafe evolved and there's always seems to be three sort of key categories that um, people ask questions about um, and first one classic one is what do I need to do to pass my ARCP and I think we've all asked that question at some point um, <laughs> then the second thing that people often ask about and I think um, partly because things have changed and it isn't always as clear as it could be is what am I meant to tag to? Um, and then the third question, which has been a lot of recently, um, because of Kaizen having a little bit of a blip at the weekend, was is something along the lines of this thing on Kaizen isn't working when I click on it. Fix it, please. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> 
so yeah that'd be great um if we could go through those a little bit later if that's okay just a, just a couple of top tips about um ARCP so uh yeah you mentioned about uh the blip on the weekend I I I didn't I didn't use Kaizen on the weekend um and I think obviously d people have different opinions about Kaizen and I think it has its benefits and its disadvantages and things but what do you think about Kaizen? That's the million dollar question right there. <laughs> Um, I mean, I think we have to be, I feel a bit of a politician in the answer I'm going to give. Um, so I think when you talk about Kaizen, there's kind of two things to consider. One is the actual software Kaizen that sort of powers the site that we log on to um, and kind of is all the sort of computer programming in the background and you press a button and this happens and so on and so forth. And then the kind of other aspect of what we call Kaizen is sort of the e-portfolio content on Kaizen that's generated by the Royal College. So I think I will freely admit, you know, as we said, we're recording this podcast only two days after Kaizen sort of had a glitch, the logon system failed, and on Sunday no one could log on to Kaizen. Um, so I'm not here saying that the software is perfect, because it isn't. Um, however, what I will say is that a lot of the kind of e-portfolio content, like the assessments, um, the curriculum and sort of the content in the forms on, on Kaizen um, is good. And the RCPCH team who kind of generate the portfolio content, ever since sort of the progress curriculum has been introduced, they've been really open to suggestions about change. And when something, you know, we get feedback like this doesn't make sense or can this be clearer? And they're really open to kind of listening to us and we want to sort of rapidly make changes. Um, so Kaizen isn't a perfect software by no means, um, but equally looking at some of the requests I've been out on other e-portfolios for, for trainees, I don't think there is a perfect e-portfolio software yet. And I think Kaizen's definitely got some more kind of modern feel than a lot of um, e-portfolio software. I do think a lot of the content on Kaizen is good and I think if there's ever anything in a form or wording that you think is not very good then the training services team, the e-portfolio team at the World College are really good at kind of responding to feedback and taking things on board and kind of continually improving the content of forms which is a bit cliche because of course Kaizen is Japanese for continuous improvement so there we go. <laughs> Oh, amazing. Um, so um, this was just something that I was just thinking about um, at the time. So um, what is the best way to um, sort of put forward suggestions and things for um, things that don't quite make sense to you or that you think could be different? And how, you know, what's the sort of process for that? So um, absolutely. So there's um, a e-portfolio team at the um, RCPCH um, and you can email them. Also, often a lot of people work in ePortfolio also work in the training services team. So whether you email, I think it's ePortfolio at rcpch.ac.uk or whether it's training.services at rcpch.ac.uk, they will kind of um, sort of answer your query. So if it's something about actually, um, you know, I can't find my level two progress curriculum or in this, um, when I've opened up um, the uh, ACAP form, um, I don't understand the wording of this particular thing. That's the sort of thing that they can kind of actually actively change or sort of explain why it is how it is. 
um, on Kaizen itself, you'll see at the bottom there's like uh, sort of Kaizen HQ and there's like a help me button. And that's um goes back to like the software developers, so you can sort of fill out things there. Um if it's something more about like the software like a button doesn't work or um it sort of there's a, a problem with page loading or something like that. Um so those are kind of two different sort of types of issue and how you could kind of feedback about them. Yeah, so that's the thing. Maybe we should be, as trainees, like a little bit more responsive and um, not just kind of um, floundering around, um, not, you know, not quite getting things. Maybe, yeah, I, I there's loads of things perhaps I should have just sort of put forward, but I didn't really, I don't think I really realised that that was something that I could do. I don't know. Well, maybe that's, you know, one of the good things that will, will come out of this podcast. Obviously, this podcast will generate many good things. Um, <laughs> but actually, I would say, you know, to any trainee um, in that's using Kaizen, if there's something that's really causing you hassle, um, that really kind of spoils the experience for you, then do let um, kind of the training services or e-portfolio team at the Royal College know because they do have the ability to change a lot of things themselves and if it's something software related that they need to go back to the software developers about you know they're in regular communication with them so I think if there is something that's driving you absolutely you know mad about how it works you know absolutely I would say for any trainees that like let them know um, you know, you can also always let your um, training rep, because every union has a training rep, you can always let us know, and we're in regular communication, so, you know, just let someone know, and we'll, we'll try and fix it, if we can possibly fix it. Yeah, um, maybe we could put the um, email address, like, on the website or something as well, um, and, and publicise that a little bit, that would be good, I yeah. think. Um, so you mentioned about tagging to the progress curriculum. How, how do you do it? What is the best way to do it? Um, that's a really good question because I think it's probably been a bit of an evolution. And I think when progress came in, probably um, lots of people were doing tagging and thinking they were doing it in the right way. And then it transpired that everyone was doing it slightly differently. So this has kind of been an area of renewed focus this year so that kind of regional variation can be um, sort of um, removed and everyone's kind of doing the same thing so it's sort of fair and, and right. So I think my key message about tagging is the, the things that you need to be focusing on tagging to are the key capabilities. Um, so tagging the key capabilities for your level, that's, that's what it's all about. Um, so you don't need to tag against domains, you don't need to tag against learning outcomes, and you definitely do not need to tag illustrations. In fact, um, very recently the ability to tag illustrations has been removed, um, so hopefully sort of that's kind of a query that won't kind of rear its head again. Um, so, um, you know, when you're looking at your progress curriculum, drop down to the key capabilities um, and it's the key capabilities that you want to be tagging against. Now, it doesn't mean that if you say completed an entry, entry that just simply does not correlate to any of the key capabilities, that you can't then tag um, to the sort of learning outcome above that key capability. But the thing that um, sort of will be kind of 
looked at to sort of judge whether you're achieving against the, the curriculum will be the key capabilities. So they're the kind of things to really focus on kind of demonstrating that you're achieving. Um, and I think um, it's kind of important to note that when you're sort of completing a log or an assessment, um, you should really only be tagging to key capabilities from within a maximum of two domains. And that's where um, the sort of wording about justifications for tagging from more than two domains comes in. Um, so clearly there are going to be some events um, that a trainee sort of wants to reflect on or do a log about or an assessment that are going to be so huge that it's perfectly reasonable to put justification why you need to sort of um, tag to key capabilities across more than two domains. But in general, you should be trying to um, sort of stick to key capabilities within um, sort of two domains. Um, and I think, I think perhaps part of the um, sort of issue around kind of tagging to the progress curriculum is I think prior to progress curriculum, what different regions were doing was very different. So we had this curriculum prior to progress where you had sort of over 2,000 curriculum points to kind of get tagged through training. Some regions, there wasn't really any expectation that you would be tagging to those. In other regions, the expectation was that you tagged to every single one of those 2,000 curriculum points over your eight years. And so I think a lot of different regions in different ways are probably having a culture shift from either not really having to tag and now having to tag things, or they've gone from having to almost kind of continually churn through the tags so you get your 2,000 tags done in your eight years to, oh, actually, there's now only 33 learning outcomes in eight years and each only got you know a handful of key capabilities within them. So um, so I think the kind of focus with progress is meant to be on kind of really choosing the one or two most re relevant aspects of the curriculum um, and kind of tagging those key capabilities to your sort of log or assessment. Um, and so I think this kind of, I think, whatever your previous experience was, would probably feel quite different from what was happening before. Um, but yeah, key message is tag to the two capabilities and don't worry about the rest of it. Okay, amazing. Um, so yeah, that clarified um, quite a lot of things for me actually, because yeah, and, um, and it's quite interesting to hear that there was such a difference. And of course, yeah, people are gonna be adjusting um, depending on what what the sort of uh, culture was, I suppose, in their region. Um, so one of the things that um, obviously I'm getting to know the key illustrations now, um, as it's one of the first times that I've done it. Um, and sometimes you kind of do something and then you go to the key, uh, the um, key capability, sorry, and it doesn't quite cover it. Um, and I kind of thought that um, maybe it could be that you um, sort of think about the key capabilities before you do an assessment to try and make it a little bit more efficient so that you're sort of aiming your assessments towards the um, key capabilities. What did you what do you think about that? Um, you literally hit the nail on the head. Um, I think now that we have the progress curriculum with a very kind of targeted set of key capabilities, in a way, I think we need to, rather than logging something you did and then 
with the previous curriculum looking to see which of the 2,000 points matches it. We absolutely are right, you need to do it the other way around now and see, have a look at the key capabilities and go, okay, what have I not demonstrated? How am I going to demonstrate it? And then kind of create either an assessment, a development log, a reflection to show that you're demonstrating that key capability. Um, so I think really that you're absolutely right. It's sort of starting with the um, curriculum now and kind of targeting your learning or sort of what you undertake to show that you're meeting those key capabilities rather than trying to kind of shoehorn something awkwardly into, well, I think that kind of fits, um, if you see what I mean. So I think you're completely right. Yeah, that's kind of what my head is coming round to is like, ah, oh, this doesn't quite work how I used to do it. Um, that I, yeah, I need to, I need to change my way of thinking about doing e-portfolio. So I suppose that's one way of making it a little bit more efficient is, yeah, just being much more targeted with your assessments that you put on there and um, thinking about it a little bit before you do them. Um, do you have any other sort of um, tips about um, covering the curriculum in, in an efficient way? Um, so I think using the um, sort of curriculum sort of reports tool on um, Kaizen. So when you um, drop down on your menu and you'll see like timeline and um, sort of meetings, you'll see some of those reports um, and you can go uh, curriculum and go in that way or via your dashboard you can see the different domains and click view and go in and then you can see what you've already kind of tagged to, what you've already completed, so then you can kind of work out, okay, which things have I not tagged to and not met? Um, okay, then I can see that that particular key capability under um, that um, level two learning outcome is what I need to be focusing on. So I think having a look at that every now and then when you're on Kaizen is good just to kind of jog in your mind when you're then back on you know the board or in clinic that's something that I need to just be on the lookout for and I think also um, sometimes um, I meet trainers that sort of think that perhaps there's um, the only way to achieve a key capability is to do an assessment that links to that key capability whereas actually you've got a huge range of the development blocks you can uh, complete on uh, Kaizen so actually sometimes a development log um, will and kind of maybe completing a clinical question about an area or a reflection um, or logging some sort of learning you've done in a particular area will actually meet that key capability um, and so it becomes less about sort of trying to find an assessment that matches that key capability. Obviously assessments have their, their role but I think people you can use the development logs and obviously then you've got a lot more autonomy on what that development log is. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, I don't really use those features very much and maybe this is why I'm struggling. <laughs> and I just wanted to say thank you to Stacey and Laura for recording that podcast for us. Like I said, we're going to have the rest of that released for you later on. That's all we have for this week. Thank you for listening to Dragon Bites. Mm-hmm.